Danny Blanco, my man, how you doing? Your dreams have now been fulfilled. You're rocking with the best. It's in the game podcast. Your boy Randy J. Cruz, Danny Blanco, and a very special guest today. I'm sure, Randy, you're going to be able to introduce this man. <laughs> Absolutely. Before I get to him, you can find Danny Blanco on both IG and Twitter at NBA underscore whisperer. Find myself, Randy J. Cruz, R E N D Y. The letter J C R U Z on both IG and Twitter. Find the podcast on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, also on ballislife.com, youtube.com slash ballislife podcast network. Without further ado, my man John Corral is the host of the uh, Locked On Celtics podcast, covering all Boston Celtics and author of, don't want to forget about it, the Boston Celtics all time all stars as well. John, my man, how you doing? I'm doing great, man. How you guys doing? Doing good, man. Kick well, not as man. good as the Boston Celtics, but you know, whatever. <laughs> That's right. That's you right. people are. <laughs> um, you can find John on social media, Twitter at John underscore Corrales. That's K-A-R-A-L-I-S. So, John, I uh, figured we keep it Boston Celtics-centric having you on today. And a, a topic that me and Denny had last week, uh, I'll start off with this. Um, we know the All-Star Game's coming up. Like in you know, like two months, whatever. Um, we know the the all star voting for the starters are very uh, fan oriented, and they want to see their favorite stars and the, the whole excitement and everything. We had a convo last week about we kind of know it's going to be Luca and Steph in the backcourt for the West, but we want to make a push for for Devin Booker having the best record in the <laughs> West Conference, and we know it, it might not lean that way, but he should probably be a starter. It pertains to you because. I might feel the same way, or we might feel the same way about Jason Tatum, who's an MVP candidate, just just going bonkers right now, averaging damn near thirty a game, best record in the um in the Eastern Conference. But in the East, it's going to be the KDs and the Giannis's and maybe the MBs taking those spots. Do you feel there could be a place where one does he deserve to be an All Star starter, and two, do you think he might get that All Star starting nod? Jason Tatum, he absolutely should be an All Star starter. I mean, um. There, there are certainly worthy candidates, right? But Jason Tatum is one of the what top one, two, three MVP candidate candidates right now. He's had uh-huh. he's he had one really bad game against Miami at home, the game they lost. Uh, he had a tough game uh, as far as having nine turnovers against Brooklyn, but he still finished with uh, twenty nine points on on fifty plus percent shooting uh, out of nowhere. So if, if those are your bad games, yeah, you're you're up at, at the top of the list. So I know he's made the all-star team as a reserve, uh, and there's no doubt that he's going to make the all-star team. But I think I think as a starter, for sure, that there's you're gonna have to find a way to get him in there uh, somehow. Danny Blanco, how do we get Tatum into the starting lineup when you got Katie, Giannis, and Embiid in his way? No hope for injuries. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's too many. It's too many stars to be honest with you. Uh, are you well? You mentioned Jason Tatum. Definitely, I believe he could be a starter. Do you see Jalen actually uh, being uh, uh, coming off the bench? Yeah, Jalen Brown. Yeah, you, look, you're the best team in the. First of all, Jalen Brown is climbing. <clears throat> excuse me, climbing that NBA.com MVP ladder. He was tenth last year, last week. So he's getting a little bit of national recognition for for what he's doing. He's scored 71 points over his last two games. He's carrying the Celtics. He's he's been shooting 
Uh, only Kevin Durant is shooting better than him in the mid range. He's been he's been hitting like uh, what fifty four percent of his mid range shots. He's his three point shooting is starting to come around again. He's he, he's scoring at all three levels and defending. He had four block shots against the uh, Brooklyn Nets, so he's defending as well. You, you get the two best players on a team that that has started to separate itself as the best team in the league. So absolutely, it's you're. You're guaranteed to get the two best players on the best team in the All Star game. That if that, that if again if that doesn't happen, then something something's broken. So Randy, you know, Randy, that, that's, think, happen. that's what I mentioned too. You know, you mentioned J- Jason, and I'm opening this open question, Jason and uh, Jay Lynn. Is there a better duo in the league playing any better? Can we name a better duo that's playing as consistent as those two? Like, if you look at the landscape, you look at Phoenix. Obviously, Booker doesn't have CP3, all right? You go to you go to the Bucks. Chris Middleton went down. You go to, you know, but then obviously you go to Brooklyn Nets. Kyrie, KD. Kyrie hasn't been playing very well. So, if you can you guys give me a better duo than Jason and Jalen has been playing as consistent over the first quarter of the season? Yeah, J- Josh said, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> Politely, nah, nah. Yeah. Lately, right? So I just wanted to you know, put that out. I was thinking like, wow. Go ahead, Randy, your, your call. No, nah, I, I thought John was going to answer that. Oh, oh yeah. no, he I, said I, no. I'll, I'll answer it. I mean, it's it's uh, obvious what my answer is going to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, we saw uh, in that game against Brooklyn uh, that the Tatum and Brown uh, lead – Durant and Irving as far as total points everything so combined like they they're just they, they've won more they've scored more they've they I mean what what do you want from a duo like you, they've they've carried their team to a higher level that that's and again you got two guys if and, and it's only early December so take it with the grain of salt but when yeah. you when you're picking all NBA teams if we were to pick all NBA teams I I have a hard time finding 14 guys, 15 guys that are having a better season right now than Jalen Brown. So you now have two all NBA guys on, on a team that I don't think I'm speaking out of turn when you say that about the best team in the league. So yeah, that, that currently currently is the best duo. Now the, the issue for Boston is going to be, okay, that's great through December. You know, that that's a nice, like, Hey, all right. Yay. But do it through december do it through january do it through february you know are we still are we still talking about this are we talking about two all nba players and still the best team in the league in february march and april that's going to be the thing for the celtics but right now yeah that's it's clearly they're the top two um they're, they're the best duo in the league i mean denny i'm going to answer your question by giving giving you the numbers properly uh, for those who don't know, Tatum is averaging 38 and 4. Whoa, 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 whoa. Slow down, slow down, slow down, slow down. <laughs> 38 and 4 for Tatum. <laughs> uh, hold on, hold on. Eight rebounds and four assists. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. And Jalen Brown, 27, 7, and 4. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so two, two, your two main guys are getting damn near 60 points a game and Best record in the, I think the NBA in Eastern Conference. Right? 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 Yeah, yeah. Okay. Nineteen and five. Yeah, I mean, listen, AD is coming along slowly. There's a looks like the bubble AD is back, and maybe LeBron and AD do, you know do something as a duo in the next next couple of weeks. But yeah, 
so John, is is the biggest threat to Boston getting back to the finals still the Bucks? Yeah, I would say so right now. Um, look, th and then this is the fun part of what what's about to happen in the NBA. The two best teams currently, Boston and Milwaukee, uh, are in a collision course, which kind of sucks. So you want to you'd say, oh well, can you move Milwaukee to the west for <laughs> so we can see this in the finals? But they're they they got Middleton back. Boston's yeah. about to get Robert Williams back, and I'm not putting Robert Williams on on the Middleton because Middleton's an All Star. Uh, level player but as far as impact on the team Robert Williams is super important there are a lot of people who said that he should have been the defensive player of the year last year so he you know he, he's a huge huge part of what the Celtics have been doing defensively the Celtics offense has been historically good they're on a pace where it would be better than any other offense in measured NBA history but their defense has been kind of middle of the pack and mm -hmm you bring Robert Williams in and all of a sudden the, the beauty of what Robert Williams can do to, to this team is if somebody gets beat on the perimeter, you know, Marcus, whoever you get beat on the perimeter guy turns the corner and he sees Robert Williams. He goes, Oh, I'm going to take this left. I'm going to get out of here. I'm going to just work this ball around. Let's see if we can work for an open jump shot. You know, you don't, you see Robert Williams sitting there like loading up to jump and you're like, Oh crap. So that that is going to change the Celtics defense. And it's going to be interesting to see how they match up with Milwaukee after that. What does it take away offensively? What does Milwaukee add offensively? What do they add defensively with Chris Middleton? Because Middleton has been a really good perimeter defender there as well. So you talk about them matching up. Middleton with his length and his defensive ability can give problems to somebody like Jason Tatum, can give problems to Jalen Brown. Their ability to defend the rim, Giannis kind of lurking as this, you know, kind of they actually Giannis and, and Robert Williams play a similar role defensively, just kind of lurking in the weeds and mm. just showing up out of nowhere to pin uh, shots on the backboard like that. That's going to be an interesting kind of matchup to see how those how those guys, uh, you know, deal with one another. But they're they're clearly I think that's clearly the class of the NBA right now. And everyone else is trying to get up to the level of those two teams. Uh, Denny. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned a great point with Robert Williams. Um, a lot of boys and girls, bigs, for you to be a good big besides your rebounding and your setting hard screens, uh, for me, it, you're different. You're in a different tier oh. for able to defend wings well. Um, if you're not able to defend wings, you're you're not going to be able to you're not not going to really be a good big man. So you mentioned Robert Williams. I think he's a he's going to be a great addition for Boston. Que the question I have is coaching. Mm -hmm. I'm surprised that they didn't miss a beat, Boston Celtic. <laughs> they didn't miss a beat. Facts. Yeah. So the Ime Udoka thing, I'm still not sure exactly. You won't exactly know. Exactly what happened. <laughs> you, we won't know. We so, won't. you know, whatever. <laughs> I, I actually I actually think in a weird way now with, you know, the, the, the beauty of retrospect, um, it happened at the right time and at the at first you thought uh the timing of this is terrible because it's right before the season how can this how can this possibly be good well it's not good but what it did was it forced the celtics to kind of circle the wagons and kind of just keep it hoop right they just they went into the, they had a a owner and brad stevens 
press conference and then they had media day and everybody's like, okay, media day vibes were crap. So people go, okay, Boston's Boston's in trouble. Like Boston and Phoenix were in trouble, right? Everybody talked about their media days and clearly media day does not mean much as far as uh, mm-hmm. performance. But what, what happened was they got onto the floor and they said, no distractions, nothing. And they said, we got to buy into everything that Joe Missoula is doing right now because if we don't, they knew anything that went wrong right away was going to be, well, Ime's the guy. Ime's the reason. And let's, let's be real here. If you're uh, Tatum or Brown, and even though you loved playing for Ime Udoka, do you want him to be the only guy who gets credit? You want him to be the guy who gets all the credit, right? Hey, uh, okay, all right. No, we 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 love we love Dime, and we don't know what happened, and we feel maybe a little bit betrayed and confused and all that stuff. But uh, we played. We're the ones who are on the floor. We're the ones who went to the finals. We executed. We're the ones scoring and defending and all that stuff. Like, yeah, the coach did a great job getting us ready. But uh, we're gonna come out here and prove that it was us. Like the team that went to the finals is still in those uniforms. So, and, and the other thing is just because he has gone, doesn't mean he takes all of his plays with him and all of his strategy with him. They, they had the game plan. He had the whole thing and it's, uh, they just came out and, and just executed a lot of the same stuff that they were going to execute before. Anyway, then you add a layer of Joe Missoula is kind of a brilliant offensive coach. He's kind of shown himself to be a really, really good offensive coach. Mm. The Celtics offense has been much more creative. Um, and look, they've got Brogdon, who really, really helps with that. Second units are not just Jason Tatum and four bench guys. It's Jason Tatum, Malcolm Brogdon, and three bench guys. And well, Brogdon is a bench guy, but you know what I mean. You know, yeah, what I mean? yeah. he's a starter. He, he is, but he's not. Yeah. Um, so that's a huge, it's a huge thing because now Tatum's not creating for everybody. Brogdon is creating for everybody. That leaves Tatum to catch off the ball off of Brogdon's penetration. So now Tatum can catch and attack. Tatum's the secondary attack and he can get to the rim. And if they collapse again, then he can spray it out. Now you got guys like Sam Hauser who's shooting like 50 something percent on catch and shoot. Grant Williams who's shooting incredibly. Al Horford who's having the best shooting season of his life. That all means something. So when when they're moving the ball and all of that, and Brogdon is at the center of that, Derek White has improved. He's gotten comfortable after the trade. All of that, Missoula has gotten these guys to move. He's using guards as screeners in creative ways. He's in, involving a lot of different um, – he's involving Tatum as a screener in a lot of the actions. So it's surprising. It's a very long-winded way for me to say it's surprising, but the way they've reacted – the timing of everything kind of forced them to say, all right, we're, we're, we're banding together and we're focusing completely on what's happening on the floor. And it's a level of focus that I don't think you'd get from an NBA team otherwise, especially one that just went to the finals and had a short turnaround. You might have seen a little bit of a, hey, we're going to figure out our way. We're going to play our way into the season. They came in and said, nope, got to focus right away to eliminate any sort of distraction, any sort of Ime Udoka questions. And, and that's it. We haven't heard about it at all. 
no one cares anymore. If there's a losing streak now, no one's going to ask about, hey, if Ime was here, would it be different? Mm. No. It's it, now they're on their own path. Uh, Missoula was coach of the month. It's that stuff is all in the in the past now. So, so John, with, with, with all that being said, I think you're 100 right with, with everything. Is it is it fair to say, or at any point have you said to yourself, man, with the addition of Brogdon, you could have had Gallinari too, but he he got hurt, and the improvement of the Grant Williams and the Horfers and the Whites and the whole everything coming together. Is it fair to say, or have you said, man, listen, this team might be better than last year's team? Oh, yeah. And plus, plus, plus you got Blake Griffin, too. So, yeah, I mean, well, I mean, Blake, <laughs> every once in a while, Blake will. Blake, Blake is funny because he's like, he's he doesn't play at all. And then all of a sudden he'll start a random game. And so, <laughs> you know, um, this team, I think, is better than last year's team in a lot of ways. I just want to get that Robert Williams uh, element going before I fully anoint that. The thing is, this year's team has started out started out much better than last year's team. Because remember, last year's team, it wasn't until your Knicks uh, destroyed their, their hearts and souls with that. Uh, was R.J. Barrett mid-January buzzer beater? Yep. That was the breaking point. Like the Knicks, we should give the Knicks an assist for the Celtics. So you should thank us. Thank us. Thank so, you. I know it's the closest that the Knicks are going to get to the finals for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> this is just, 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 just give me a draft pick. All right. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't deserve none either. I want a draft uh, pick in a Tatum. Definitely a Knicks fan for you. Ask for the ask for the world and give you want the galaxy. <laughs> That's right. But um but yeah, it wasn't until mid-January that they started turning things around. So now they come yeah. out of the gates storming out hot. And you think, okay, well, let's see if this is sustainable. Because you guys know, you've been around the league for a long time. How many conversations have we had in December that don't apply in February? We've done that. It's Every year there's a conversation. Mm-hmm. At this time, we're still digesting Thanksgiving dinner. And we're talking, then, then the All-Star break comes around and go, oh, Remember in December, we we're talking about that. Whatever happened to that story? Yep. So that I, I hesitate to anoint anything right now. That's why I'm couching everything by saying right now they are, but they can be, especially if Robert Williams comes back and their defense comes into, you know, can, can become a, like a top 10 defense. It, even, even, even if it costs uh, a little bit of an offensive regression, which I don't know if it will or not. I don't think so, but it might. Even if it drops their offense down a little bit, if it raises their defense up into the top 10, and even if they go to it, like suddenly they're the second best offense and they're the, but if they're the fifth best defense, then, then you got, you got something special there. So, yep. um, and if they're doing it for the whole season, uh, then yeah. But I, I think just personnel wise, having Brogdon there makes such a big difference. And like I said, I'll, I'll repeat myself. Having him run that second unit, the first, the second quarter where it's him and Tatum and Grant Williams and Sam Hauser or whomever and a big. Well, now, first of all, pretty soon it's going to be either Al Horford or Robert Williams as that big in there and not Luke Cornett. Mm-hmm. So now you're starting a second quarter with that, which is a starting lineup, you know, 
that that can change a lot. Um, right. Having having Brogdon has been just gigantic, so huge. Having mm-hmm. Derek White, Derek White came over in a trade in the middle of last season, in the middle of all of that craziness that was going on. Plus, his wife was pregnant. You know, so he comes over and he's got like this nine month pregnant wife. And he's he all of a sudden he lives in Boston now. You live in San Antonio. You come to Boston, you're like, where, where's the hospital? <laughs> Anytime. I need to know where the hospital is. What, what's the number for the where do I live? He's gonna and, Google everything. Right. Exactly. And now now and you're like you come in and you have all that frantic nature, and it's like, oh yeah, okay, and here's the playbook, and here's what Tatum likes to do. And it's like, of course, he wasn't exactly all there. Now, kids born. You have a house. You know you're in Boston. Like, yeah, he comes into training camp, and he's amazingly playing mm-hmm. a lot better, you know? So they get, nice. they get more depth. Their depth. The players that they have coming back are better. So this is a team that can be a ton better than last year's team. could be really, really, like, this This is a team that that could could do what most teams that lose in the finals don't do, which is get back and actually win it. Right. John, this, John this is you. Boston, this is this is your year, okay? This is last year. Um, let me lay it out for you now. Last year, was gr- gr- I thought it was a good team. This year is a better team. You mentioned a yeah. bunch of th- you mentioned a bunch of things, and let me add to that. You mentioned Malcolm Brogdon. You mentioned Derek. Uh, you mentioned Robert. Confidence, guys. Yeah. You, you you'd be you'd be remiss to you know the folks that aren't thinking about you going to the finals the year before and losing. That gives you so much confidence as a player. You're like, oh, I've been there before. Okay, I know what it is to go through these these playoff uh, r- rough patches. I know what it is to deal with these uh, these referees, these these environments. Now the next year, it's like, okay, we're 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 keeping the same team, but then adding more players that are more that are capable of handling the playoffs, and the plays stay the same defensively and offensively. Yes. Mm. This better be your year. Yeah, that's right. It better be. There, the, I don't see, I mean, next two or three years, I don't see a better time in the East to get to the finals. You mm-hmm. have, you just mentioned Milwaukee. What other time can we just mention one other top tier team, not three or four or five, just one other. Now, the West <laughs> is a whole different conversation in itself. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah. out of the East, I pray for you, Celtics fans. <laughs> <laughs> lucky charm, little little lucky man. Mm-hmm. Little lucky. <laughs> Luckily Irish, that's what I call it, right? <laughs> I pray for you guys, even though I'm a Brooklyn Nets fan. I pray for you because this is the best team I've seen in a long time. Jason Tatum deserves this team. So mm-hmm. does Jalen, and so does and so does Marcus Smart. Yes. Thank you. We all preach at the altar of Marcus Smart. Let us pray. <laughs> Uh, I love Marcus. I've always loved Marcus. I think, I think Marcus, if I may, for a moment, um, finally, finally, finally in a role that he can thrive in. You mean he's a uh, point guard? You mean they yeah, actually exactly. gave him the point guard role? Exactly. You, mean, you mean they drafted him as a point guard and they actually gave him the ropes? Yeah. Yep. Everybody, everybody really just got, you know, there, there's, I shouldn't say everybody. There are a lot, there's a lot of like polarization for Marcus Smart in, in Boston because people, people will, will say, oh, he thinks he's Steph Curry. And you're like, no, he doesn't think he's Steph Curry. Jesus Christ. He <laughs> went out there and is playing the shooting guard. He comes into the league as a point guard and he comes in, there's Isaiah Thomas, and then they get Kyrie Irving 
and then they get Kemba Walker. And then when Kemba's gone, he's like, okay, finally, it's mine. And then they get Dennis Schroeder, who I get, <laughs> like, why they did a lot of these things. But they they get Schroeder, and that, that was – that. it's not a surprise to me. Like, we just went over the whole Knicks thing. Once Schroeder was gone in Boston, things turned around, and that is not a coincidence. But Marcus is a point guard. He is a great passer. He sees the floor really well. Maybe sometimes Marcus gets a little caught up in the emotion of the game. So he's he's kind of been the king of the heat check without having taken a shot. So <laughs> that's, that's still a flaw. He comes in feeling it. Yeah. Um, and he'll, like, every once in a while, like against Miami, he took one really bad shot. And I was like, oh, man. I know that's what people are going to latch on to, but he had a great game otherwise. Those are um, probably the only two things, John, that I, I, I yell at Randy about. I'm like, everything except shot selection yeah. and pivot, not turnovers, pivotal turnovers, where it's like right. you don't need that pass or don't need that turnover and boom. Yeah, he he's very he's a very confident young man, and sometimes the confidence betrays him. Cause he's like, all you need is just be, just be Marcus. You don't have mm. to, you don't have to be super Marcus. You don't have to be fancy that behind the back bounce pass between the like, okay, that was, it's nice. You can do it, but oh, was, <laughs> was that the spot for it? You know, every once in a while he gets it like that. But I think, I think in this role, he comes down the floor and what does he see? Uh, Jason Tatum on my left, Jalen Brown on my right. So I know I got to give it up to those two guys. And you have either Grant Williams or Derek White and Al Horford, or at some point, Robert Williams and Al Horford. Mm -hmm. Those are two guys who need to be fed the ball. So as a point guard, you have choices. I can shoot or I can give it to one of the two all NBA guys I have on my side, or I can feed the bigs who one of them's having the best shooting year of his life, and the other one is one of the best lob threats, maybe the best lob threat in the league. So as a point guard, shooting is like the fifth option. And so that – and Smart recognizes that. You're so, right. You're you know, right. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy for Smart. And my, and my last thing – I got. I just got to say this last thing. I know Go I ahead. It would be long-winded, but – Please. Um, the, there's something that does piss me off about the, the discourse around Marcus Smart. People genuinely – dislike Marcus Smart because of his shot selection, which is absolute crap because he is nothing but a an overly generous uh, philanthropist, really. His time spent helping cancer patients in Boston, his time help, spent helping charities in Boston. He is a guy who's never, never not, not only never been in trouble, never been around trouble mm -hmm. he's been a model citizen he's helped the community he's been a pillar of this community he's rode through ups and downs with this team this is a guy who should be universally loved and respected in boston and the fact that he's not actually bothers me because he is a good dude he is a really good person and so what if he takes the occasional heat check like i said without having taken a shot that so what like love him for who he is like that it's this season more than any I'm I'm like really feeling bothered by the people who are still like 
angry about Marcus Smart because this dude has done everything for his community in Boston. He's making Boston a better city. And, and the fact that people don't appreciate that bothers me. That's Shout it. out to Marcus Smart. That's right. That's right. Uh, I got two more before I let you go, John. Uh, usually me and Denny always take a player currently and try to describe or try to find out who does that person resemble from back in the days. So I know we, we, we did Tatum. I be, I could be wrong. I think Tatum was somewhere hybrid of a T-Mac, Paul T-Mac, George kind Paul of George. player yeah. together. Mm-hmm. If you had yeah. together, you get Tatum. Who would you – Who? what two guys you feel like resembles Tatum if, if he was a hybrid of? Yeah, so Tatum, we need a guy who can attack but has long arms – um, Giannis. Yeah, but Giannis. I, I don't. I don't want. I don't really want to con- compare him to a contemporary. I really. I'd rather go. I'd rather go further back. You want to go back. Yeah. Um, Scotty Pippenish, Grant yeah. Hillish, Long Arms Tracy. Tracy. So, so T Mac is a good one. T Mac is a good one. Um, yeah, we had T Mac and Paul George, right? T Mac and Paul George. You know what? For me, if T Mac and if T Mac and Grant Hill had a baby. Yeah, if you T-Mac know, and Grant Hill had a baby. Oh, that's 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 good. But man, whew. maybe first of all, I'm the biggest Grant Hill fan in the world. Mm-hmm. Right. Which I tell you, I tell you how big a Grant Hill fan I am. I hate Duke and I hate the Pistons. <laughs> that's, that's how, how great Grant Hill is. He he permeates my dis- distaste <laughs> for Duke. And the Pistons. He's that- I know. I know. He's done <laughs> so, that for a lot of folks. Right. Um, so I, I hesitate even to, to take a, a current Celtic. I hesitate to even elevate anybody up to that level. Because I, I will argue to the death that the closest to Michael Jordan is Grant Hill. He was oh. the closest to Michael Jordan. To death. I will, argue that, I will argue that. To- Unsheath your saber. On guard, yeah. We on shall guard. duel. Yeah, we shall duel. Your your pick is Grant Hill. As, I just want to make sure I'm understanding you correctly. Grant Hill, uh, attribute wise, is it skill wise? Uh, attribute skill wise, skill wise, and uh, it's not, and it's not Kobe. It's not Kobe. Interesting. Wow. We don't have time it's for this. Wow. Not Kobe. John has opened Pandora's <laughs> box. We don't have enough time. You've got, you've got Jordan, and you got Kobe. But sneaking in the middle, whoop, it should be Grant Hill. <laughs> I'm telling you. I am telling you. And, and Grant Hill. And Grant Hill. If it wasn't for the injuries, if it wasn't for the injuries, but I'm telling you. No, no, no. All due respect. I'm saying <laughs> Grant Hill was a player. All due respect. I'm not even going to sit here and act like I'm right. making fun of your pick. No, right. I'm just saying. That conversation must be had. Randy, put on the schedule. I, I, oh, yeah. I, I, we'll do it. We'll At a different day because I would say this. This would be a great off-season conversation. Some point some point when the NBA season's done. Oh, we do, no, we do retro rooms. We do retro yeah, yeah, rooms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. We talk about old school basketball and, and, and things of that nature. Yes, so it could be during the season, but it's retro. Please, we need you to come back and explain 100%. bit by bit why you think <laughs> Grant Hill is as close as Jordan that we've seen. Yeah, I'm happy. I'm happy to do that because um, I, I I feel this way. <laughs> Daddy's face. Daddy's to me, to me. <laughs> I love it. I love to it. Me, the the guy that comes 
closest to Jordan is Kobe Bryant. I feel in a time like Grant was a great player before the injuries, granted, no pun intended. But I think when he came in the league, it was at a time where the league was looking for the next Jordan and they pinned Grant Hill to be that guy. Was Grant Hill like Jordan at that time? Probably, probably not. Had great skills, the handles did not shoot like Michael, obviously. But I think when they're when they're looking for the next savior of the league, oh yeah, see Kobe, yeah, yeah. I, I see you, I see you pointing at him, I see you pointing at him. <laughs> I'm just saying the league is looking for the next for the next Jordan when Kobe was the exact next Jordan. The big difference. Woo, Randy, woo. Am I right? Am I right or wrong? I I look. I'm not. I'm not denying that Kobe, in his Jordan-like uh, abilities, I'm not denying that at all. I'm just saying that Grant. I just think Grant was mm-hmm. the closest. Without like, I think Kobe came in patterning his game after Jordan. So right. he came in yes. trying like. So it's an interesting conversation where you say the league was trying to pin the next Jordan on somebody where Kobe was actually trying to be the next Jordan. He wanted that stylistically. He was trying to be that mentally. He was, you know, in that same kind of mold, no doubt about that. Um, And he was, you know, in his prime, he was like as good a two-way player as any of these guys that I'm talking about as well. I just think that Grant comes in and naturally like, okay, no, he wasn't, he wasn't like a three-point shooter. Jordan wasn't a three-point shooter, uh, but he didn't. No. That's actually, you know, I shouldn't even, shouldn't have even gone down that road because he came in at a point where the three-point, three-point. wasn't necessary, was it? Yeah, it wasn't, wasn't, wasn't part wasn't, of the league. And he, yeah. even with Grant in the mid-90s, it wasn't, it was, it was definitely part of the league, um, but. Was being utilized. Yeah. As so much as it is now. I just, mm-hmm. I just. Again, I don't want to hijack this this conversation. Another, yeah, another, right. we're gonna have to schedule we'll something. Yeah, we're gonna have time. to schedule something because I need <laughs> to pick that apart. <laughs> Brandy, we gotta schedule it. We gotta schedule it. All right, we got. I got you. I as got you. as for as for Tatum and the uh, who he is, um, you know, you got to go back to like I'm trying to think of somebody in the '80s because those '80s guys had like the comparison player to 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 um to Tatum from the eight from the eighties. Yeah uh, long um can shoot plays defense. Again, I, I I just have an affinity for Scottie Pippen, just the attributes, just the yeah. attributes, the ability yeah. to, to be def- you know have long he's long he's tall he can yeah. defend and he has no problem getting by you because of that length. So yeah. you know th- those little attributes I just it screams Scotty to me. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. That's a good one too. Um, but like, yeah, the, in that Paul George mode, I like, I like Tracy McGrady. I, it's, it's hard because it's hard to think of guys who are six ten like Tatum is mm-hmm. now that can do the things that he does. And and you just there, I have, I struggle finding a comparison because it is, has to be like three different guys. Cause Tatum's out there taking eight, nine, 10 three pointers a game. The, 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 the league is such a different place. Right. You didn't have, you know, you know, you had to go back to like Sam Perkins to have guys that were, you know, that size that were shooting threes. And Sam Perkins was a center. Tatum's bringing the ball up. Like yeah. these guys nowadays, 6'10", bringing the ball up. That's everybody in the league. So it's it's such a different spot. 
I think I think conversation like this highlights more more than the comparison between players. I think it highlights more the difference between what today's NBA is versus any other era because of the three point shot and and stylistically, you guys know we're talking about retro rooms and stuff. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, you had it's like it was like the NFL. You had running teams, you had passing teams, you had hybrid teams. Now yeah. everybody's trying to do the same thing. It's five out. If you if you're lucky, you've put together the the big switchy lineup. Everybody wants to switch. Mm-hmm. You, you, the only people who don't switch, the only teams that don't switch, are teams that have that center that either can't or is better off not. Like Joel Embiid, you're not going to switch with Embiid. You're going to drop him and you're going to have him protect the paint. Brooke Lopez, you're not going to switch with Brooke Lopez. You're going to have him drop and protect the paint. You're going to pack the paint and figure out another way to defend that three-point line. Otherwise, you're switch, 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 or your zone. Well, this is the, 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 the league's the league standings show the difference, obviously. Yes, if you have players that can shoot and play that style, that's great. But me, and this is obviously a conversation for a different day when it comes to strategy, when it comes to us seeing the game, yes, uh, the NBA has changed how they allow you to play defense. Thus, it's <laughs> it's thus it's more of an AAU open free for all. We cannot check John Morant. We cannot check Steph Curry. We cannot check. So these guys are easy and able to wake up and give you fifty the night they come in. Now we need to have some form of a balance, just a little bit. That's all I want. Uh, and it'll still be a great game. Great defense. Great offense will always be great defense, but please allow us to play great defense. That's yeah. all I want. Yeah. But we loved you coming here. We can't yeah. wait to see you come back, John. <laughs> I got I got one one last question. I'll let you go. Uh John, do you ever do you ever thank Danny Gange for uh fleecing Philly in the trade with uh um, um this guy Fultz and uh Tatum? Oh my god. <laughs> so more so thank Danny Ainge. More than thank Danny Ainge. I want to pivot and and smack the Sacramento Kings around a little bit for having that be the one year, the one year where they were actually pretty good. Okay? So what people, if people don't know what the hell I'm talking about, uh, the Celtics were going to, according to Danny H, they were always going to draft Jason Tatum. But they knew that was the Lonzo Ball draft where he was going to the Lakers. Everybody knew that nothing was changing that. Mm-hmm. And they knew that Philly wanted Markel Fultz. Fultz coming out of Washington was like the guy. Everybody loved him. He was like the next big thing. And Philly said, sure, we'll give you, we'll swap one for three. And Danny's like, yeah, we'll we'll also take that Sacramento Kings first round pick off your hands too. And they said, yeah, sure, no problem. They didn't care. And that was looking to be uh, like, you talk about fleecing. They got Jason Tatum. And a pick. They had Jason Tatum and a pick. And that was the Kings pick. You felt good about that being in the top five. And the Kings, I don't remember what their record was, but they ended up getting the 14th overall pick. That was the that was the year. Was that I think that was the first De'Aaron Fox season? That okay. was possibly. I think that was that was the year where everybody overachieved. I think Fox was like, yeah, he comes in as a rookie. He's like really hot. Um, he the, everybody's dancing on the sidelines. Every year there's one team that has guys dancing on the sidelines and they're overachieving, right? They're you know, you know it. The Brooklyn Nets had it the year before they got KD and, and Kyrie. That was 
fun, fun Brooklyn Nets team. They're out there celebrating everything. They were just they were the happiest team. They're like, oh, my God, this team, the chemistry. Everybody talks about the chemistry. But that, that, was, the, that was the Sacramento Kings that year, and we're like, damn. And the Celtics ended up getting Romeo Langford in that draft. Amen. Um, Amen. So, I mean, that, that draft is uh, Fultz, Alonzo, Tatum, Josh Jackson, De'Aaron Fox, Laurie Marketing, uh, oh boy, Frank Nilakina, um, <laughs> Donovan Mitchell, Bam Adebayo. Um, the, so I'm, I'm John calling Collins. Up, I'm calling up the the 2019 NBA draft. Yes. No. Ja- 2017. It was the 20. But it was the following year. It was the following year that the Celtics got the draft pick. So they uh, the Celtics got the pick in 2019. So the Celtics got Jason Tatum and then the final the the, the 14th overall pick the next year. Mm-hmm. So that was the Zion, John Morant, RJ Barrett, Darius, Darius Garland. Um, who else is in this pick? Tyler Hero is in that in that draft. You've got um you got think about the Celtics. Think about this. If the Kings were actually the Kangs, and instead of the 14th overall pick, the Celtics got like a top three pick. You could have gotten Zion, John Morant. You could RJ Barrett could have been a Celtic, or Darius Garland could have been a Celtic. Um, so that that's where I thank Danny Ainge for for making that swap. Like it's fun to make fun of the Philadelphia 76ers for making that that pick and for the process the process to completely flush its way down the toilet. (laughs) But it could have been, I think about what could have been. And if the Celtics had gotten that Kings pick and the Kings actually sucked, Mm -hmm. like like they have every year around that, that could have been a top five pick. And that, that could have been something that the Celtics could have had like another, high level player and who knows what would have happened after that but that 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 could have been what what it could have been was one of the all-time fleecings that would have gone up there with you know the Brooklyn Nets trade you know that would have gone sorry Danny um oh, that could have gone up there with you know one of the all-time fleecings but it was still pretty good though well, John, you can't say anything bad about Sacramento now because they're they're looking pretty good. I'm happy for like them. Like the team, baby. They're fun. They're, they're fun to watch. One of my favorite league pass teams along with Portland and uh, Utah to watch. So I'm happy we're getting some good Sacramento King basketball after a very long time. Yeah, man. It's, they are fun to watch. They, they came into Boston, gave Boston a hell of a run. Mm-hmm. That, that team is, is uh, put together in a way that makes a little bit more sense now. Um, the way um, Sabonis, I think Sabonis, yeah. uh, running the offense through him and his passing, having Herder outside. So now you have uh, another passing threat. You have you have some good some some good defensive players. They they're figuring things out over there. Um, it's actually when when I look at the like the Kings when they were good, and I joke around about them being good that one year. I think they overachieved. I think this year. This is actually like a team that I look at them and I say, okay, I actually see a basketball team there. They're actually building something there. This is now, now I will just say, cause I think Sacramento can be like the league's universal second favorite team. No one should not like the Kings, right? Everybody can say, yeah, we love it. everybody should be like, if I walked around with a Sacramento hat on people be like, no, okay. I'll allow that. I'll allow that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> 
just the, my my one plea to the Sacramento Kings: don't screw it up. Don't screw it up. Oh no, I don't think I think they're I think they're on the right path. I think with with uh, the coach there, I think with the, the the players there, I think that you know they're they're feeding into they're feeding into the they're going the right path. I how how often have we said that? They've been like, oh, okay, you not this, you know not this, this Maloof brothers. I, I'll tell you what this is. You ever have a fly in your house yes. and it's you want to open up the window to let the fly fly out and it keeps banging against the window and you're like, just go down. You're on the right path. Go down and out and you're going to make it. Not the Sacramento Kings. They keep banging and you're like, you're almost there. But they keep banging against the window and then they go upstairs and you're like, oh, no, come on, man. Now I got to kill you. But this year could be that year. They haven't made a playoffs in what, 15, 16 years? I hope like they that? do, man. I hope they do. I hope they I hope do. so too. Denny Blanco, any final words from my man, John? No, John, thank you so much for taking time out your busy day to speak to us. We really do appreciate it. Spread the word. It's in the game podcast. This is where it's all about to share your, your, your thoughts on basketball. And this is where you come to, you know, say that Grant Hill is. Grant Hill forever, Grant, baby. <laughs> right next to Jordan. Randy, close it out, please. How, how can I? Grant Hill was the next Michael Jordan over Kobe Bryant. <laughs> John Corrales on Twitter at John underscore Corrales. Denny Blanco at NBA underscore Whisperer on both IG and Twitter. Myself, Rainy J. Cruz, R-E-N-D-Y, letter J-C-R-U-Z on both IG and Twitter. Find the podcast on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, BallIsLife.com, YouTube.com slash Podcast Network. Go ahead, download, rate, comment, subscribe. All that good stuff. Show some love uh, to the program and support. We greatly and definitely appreciate it. John Corrales, my man, thank you, and I appreciate it. My pleasure, guys. Always a good time. All right, man, take it life. easy. Yes, sir.